The Forum at 8 with Polani Guala. It is eight minutes after eight. Good morning. Welcome to the Forum at Eight here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The the National Water Week is coming to an end. Uh, uh, but again, a lot has been said about the state of water in this country. Um, water Affairs Minister Edna Mulewa says it will cost billions of rand to fix the country's aging and leaking water supply systems. Uh, she spoke this week uh, as, of course, there was also a release of a report into the state of non-revenue water in in, uh, this country. The report revealed that 1.58 billion cubic meters of supplied water goes unaccounted for each year. All right, then, uh, we would like to find out what needs to be done, what is the state of uh, water supply in this country, what are the problems, uh, and what are the plans to ensure that we have this steady supply uh, going into the future. Let me welcome our guests on the program, starting with the Minister, Minister Edna Mulewa on the line for us, Minister of Water Affairs. Minister, good morning. Good morning, Kolani, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you for your time. Also joining us, uh, Professor Mike Muller, Infrastructure Advisor to the DBSA. Hey, Professor Muller, good morning. Morning, Kolani, and greetings to your listeners. Thank you. I'm also joined on the other line uh, by Mr. Kevin Wall, who is with the CSIR, the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. Uh, he's in our Pretoria studios. Mr. Wall, hello. Hi, good morning. It's Dr. Wall. Dr. Wall, thank yes, you very okay. much. And thank welcome. Good, good to be on the program. Thanks. Thanks indeed for your time. Um, let me start with the minister here. Uh, minister, a, a lot of reports have been uh, p- published. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, under your predecessor, Minister Buyelo Sonjita, we were told back then that South Africa could see water demand exceed supply as early as 2013. But also there's another report uh, that came through this week uh, where experts are saying that the supply to major cities such as Cape Town, could run out by 2025. What is the state of water supply in this country? Polani, thank you for the question. You know, we still do have water in South Africa. But because we, in the water sector, do a lot of work in terms of ensuring we don't run out of water. So we do projections. That's why we do all these research research. Oh. Water in the country. What is the state of water? Yes, we do have water, but we are saying we don't need to sit back as if uh, the amount of water that we have right now, all things being equal, will still stay the same, especially given the fact that you see South Africa is growing, uh, the, you know, the economy is growing, social economic needs are growing on a daily basis, but also the impact of climate change. So we don't need to sit back, even if we are currently, uh, you know, uh, on the, on not so much on the deficit. There were studies that we have done already in some areas, uh, in towns, for instance, when do cities and towns, uh, all town cities studies, indicates that there are some of the towns that where the demand has already exceeded the supply. And of course it doesn't, on average, as I, even as I say that, on average, it's still all, not so bad, mm. but we now need to manage this demand town by town, city by city. That's really what, what, what the study was all about. Even the one that we released yesterday mm. does indicate that there are a lot of leakages in the system. Uh, you know, that leakages that leads to, you know, costing something like seven, over seven billion rand. Money that could have actually gotten into the system and been utilized to actually continue to uh, refurbish our infrastructure, provide new infrastructure, and manage 
this demand that we have throughout the country. So we're doing all this yeah. in order to avoid that situation okay. uh, well, happening. Sure, I'll come back to the report that was released yesterday. But let me bring in again uh, uh, Dr. Wall. Dr. Wall, um, do we even know how much water we have in this country? And I'll tell you why. Because I remember a couple of years ago uh, from the CSIR, there was uh, uh, Dr. Anthony Turton, uh, and there was that controversy when he said that the, the issue of water quality in this country may lead to uh, social unrest and so on. Uh, again, he lost his job and there was all sorts of controversy around that but some said in the end that he was right to raise this issue that we have a problem with water quality in this country that makes it even more it, 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 it gives us this water shortage we have a water shortage an overall water resource problem in the country but the focus of this report which the minister released and minister we certainly commend you for your initiative and for giving this report your full support the one about the water leaks mm-hmm. the, 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 the point is that we've got water we don't have to build dams for if we were to fix the leaks in the current water system there's a lot of money which could be saved when you think about the pumping involved the treatment involved the abstraction cost involved that water is there it's in the streets hmm. and it's being wasted and, and you know it, it, that to me is it makes no sense not to fix that if we were to fix those leaks it would be like having a new catchment with new dams in it. We'd be winning the equivalent of that water, but at a far lower cost. And that's where the quick wins are to be had. And this is a, a, an issue which has been crying out to be addressed for a long time. How much water uh, is, is uh, getting lost through the system, would you say, Dr. Wall? Well, the, the report puts it very clearly. A 30-something odd percent of the water is being lost and that's a side of commercial losses which is uh, water which is billed for but in fact it's not paid for but simple physical leakages but it's more when you look inside the report and you see that in certain towns it could be up to 60 70 percent hmm. of the water which is treated paid for by somebody all the chemicals and the labor and so on that's gone into that and this water is leaking away it makes no sense at all not to address that that's quick win that is literally low-hanging fruit to be done to fix every single leak of course is diminishing returns but there's a lot of leakage fixing there's uh, metering just to find out where the problems are exactly physically on the system uh, there's a pressure reduction which we can talk about that too because the higher the pressure the more water goes out of a leak of the same size. And if you put the metering systems on to discover that in the middle of the night the water flows through the systems are like half or three quarters of what they are in the middle of the day, you know that's not criminal activity, that's not people running factories in the middle of the night, that's water which is running out of the system. Could you drop the pressure during the course of the night, the mm-hmm. peak periods, and then the same leak will produce less water leakage. Those are quick wins. Sure. There's so much which can be done. But Professor Muller, the issue is about the state of our infrastructure. You know, uh, Kolani, I, th- I think we need to be systematic about this. And one of, one of the problems that we have is that our conversation about water is getting very incoherent. So on the one hand, we say, are we running out of water? And, you know, if we look at our water resources, the rivers, uh, you know, the water in the rivers and underground, we only use about 30% of that, and we could, with a bit more infrastructure, we could raise that to 40%. So we're not in danger in most places of running out of water. But then what do we do with that water once we get it? Uh, I'm, I'm afraid that we're actually losing control in the sense that we don't know how much water is being taken out of the resource. We don't know where it's going. We don't know who's using it. 
in some towns they know a little bit better than in other towns. In some river basins they know a little bit better than in other river basins. But overall, my sense is that we don't actually know any longer how much water is being used, who's using it, and where. Now, that actually is partly an infrastructure problem because you need actually infrastructure that's working like meters so that you can find out how much water is going where but it's very much more a management and an accountability problem mm. uh, if you have local governments that take water out of a river are they measuring how much they take are they measuring how much they treat are they reporting this as they're obliged to in law and are they trying to keep check with how that water is being used and reducing things like the minister and kevin are talking about reducing losses if we don't strengthen our management, we do have limited resource. And when, you, you know, when you're short of money, it becomes important to budget. When you're short of water, it becomes important to manage it carefully. So I think that the infrastructure problem, which exists, also reflects a much more serious management problem mm. at all levels in our society. And that's perhaps where we need to be focusing at the moment. And Minister, what do we do about that? Because uh, as, as the Professor points out, it has been pointed out in the past that the problem wet water management, there are no skills, there are no expertise, especially at, at the local government uh, tier of uh, at the local tier of government. Yeah, Polani, let, let me just say that the report that was released, that we released yesterday, is it yesterday, day before yesterday, mm. is, was actually, let me say, the first time that we have a consolidated report on the amount and the losses of water per municipality. In other words, we have had re- reports of this nature, but uh, having been done in various means, other municipalities and not all of them. Now, this puts together all your municipalities, category A up to B2, what we call C. And this is a first, at least, a tool that we have for us to be able to know exactly what to do and, and where to focus. And with that report in at hand now, that actually says that there's 36% of water loss in, in, in the system. By the way, it's not just uh, uh, losses in the infrastructure that we counted. It's also losses of money, water that should have actually been built. Mm. We're also looking in that report in the system itself about capacity of municipalities uh, and how the improvement on managing this water totally and total management of that water can actually happen at the municipal level so that there can then be few less revenue, I mean, less non-revenue water. By the way, as, as I say this, I must say that this report tells us that we still, relatively speaking, compared to the developing countries, uh, doing a little bit better. I mean, we, we, we're not bad. But if you compare to the developed countries, we're way above. Well, we shouldn't be at 10% where we right now with the losses. I mean, not 10%. Uh, the, the rating is ILI, ILO, it's actually 10 we're supposed to be at one point something, hmm. as, as, as where the developed countries are. Sure. So we are training people, councillors. We, have, we are training uh, people in local government. As I speak, the next training, the first training, uh, has happened as, uh, last year sometimes. The second one is April, happening in April. So we'll continue to help those who are in local government, not just in water management, and even in financial management, just how quantifying this water, knowing exactly what amount you have, when, and so just to manage this whole uh, issue. But with link to that, we are doing the water demand uh, management uh, studies. As I said, in the, we did the all-town studies. Where there is a lot of uh, demand, 
exceeding supply. We yeah. are re- really working with those municipalities to get us to be on board and really hmm. understand exactly what actions need sure. to be taken at this point in time. But having said that, and you know, I'm going to again ask the experts to, to talk about this because some may argue that you need more than just trained councillors. You need scientists, you need engineers to go down to this tier of yes. government and deal with these matters. Where are you going to get them? Minister? Hello? Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, are there efforts then underway uh, to get the, the, the experts and the scientists, the engineers, to go it, down and deal with these issues? First thing that we need to acknowledge also there, Colin, is that we, sh- we need to say that wh- wh- while we have skilled uh, the engineers and so on in South Africa, we, they are not adequate. And in that regard, we are attempting very, very, working very hard around the clock increase the um, number of engineers that we are, water engineers, let me put it that way, that we have in the country. I am saddened, I must say, that at the one level, we actually, as we say, that we don't have those uh, engineers. We do have qualified people, theoretically, but the registered engineers need to be taken through uh, mentoring or whatever you call it, uh, Mike Miller would know, uh, whatever they call that, principal engineer, understudying, under, people being understudied for them to become professional engineers. There are quite a number of South Africans. I've seen this through the process that people applied recently for jobs. Some of them were running short of a year, some six months and so, to become qualified engineers and principal, I mean, uh, registered engineers. We need to take them this, and we're talking with Minister of Higher Education to get this work done. But over and above that, we need more hydrologists. Yes, we understand. We are doing a lot of more work mm-hmm. also in our water institution. The Rode Plus, that's now how we train in the, the, the artisans for these municipalities. That's from Pumalanga, there are 74 uh, artisans that are right now being uh, trained to be deployed in the whole of Pumalanga. For province by province, they are identified to be like that. We have opened another academy at uh, uh, Rentwater to increase at least at the artisanry level. Yeah. So it's not a, 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 a something that we're really not doing, doing something, but we really recognize that there's a need. I'm worried also that Many of our engineers in the department itself are actually submitting resignations. I've told some of them that I've rejected your resignation. He's all but yet others who've got to take over from him are not yet quite ready. As I say, they are qualified. Theoretically, they have certificates, but they need to be taken. Okay. And this is why we're saying even to those who are account, who are service providers doing work with us, that hand, hold this particular young person with a hand and become a principal engineer okay. to take them through the certification that All right. they require. We'll open the lines uh, on 0891104208. But again, uh, uh, Dr. Wall, is that where we should start, identifying the skills and the capacity? Well, as I said, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit which can be done with the resources we have in the country. And I do believe that the private sector... Look, we know we, we're a parastatal, we're not an advocate for the private sector. But the, certainly a lot of outsourcing private sector could assist a lot of what needs to be done in terms of the water issues. But if I can just get the CSR together with the South African Institution of Civil Engineering, SISI, um, a couple of years ago released an infrastructure report mm-hmm. card which looks broadly across all types of infrastructure, not just water. Mm-hmm. So this issue of skills and leadership and so on is across a whole range of infrastructure, and again, not just municipal infrastructure. So we, in, in that report, we've got about airports and roads and harbours and all kinds of things, as well as water and sanitation. Sanitation, I must flag, is very important too, by the way, of course. But uh, there, there was severe shortage of skills identified, inadequate funding for maintenance. But a lot in, in a municipality, for example, the whole kind of systems of things, uh, lack of information, lack of data, there's no data collection, collecting uh, mechanism. Uh, they don't uh, 
the procurement gets the piece of infrastructure at the cheapest first cost, first price. So it's not a question of looking at the lifetime cost. Uh, how long will this thing endure? What's the sustainability of this piece of infrastructure? Mm. There's, there's uh, underspending. Budgets get swapped around. Maintenance is always the piggy at the, at the end with where the maintenance budget gets robbed. So uh, there's so much which is about... about um, an institution responsible for infrastructure broadly, and of course specifically water and sanitation infrastructure too, which needs to be to be rectified. That needs leadership. But the point is, uh, fixing stuff, fixing infrastructure, fixing leaks. Mm. If there's no system immediately put in place to operate and maintain that properly, because if you don't, from day one, that thing is going to deteriorate. It's in a few years' time we'll be back with with the problem where we are at the moment. Mm. So maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. By the way, a lot of very lot of low level jobs. We need to get a lot of low level jobs in maintenance. There's a lot of scope for using people with low skills in maintenance tasks. A lot of which is routine. And you're going to get a lot of people calling and saying that, you know, wherever they may be, their localities, um, they come across a lot of uh, burst pipes and so on. And, and that continues for days. Nobody coming to maintain, nobody coming to fix that particular situation. Now, you uh, don't need engineers for that. Yeah. You just need a, a system with a data collection. You need lower level people. A system, a system is what you need. And, but you need leadership to put that system in place in a municipality, wherever it is. All right, we'll open the lines then. 0891 
And that is what happened with Nelson Mandela Bay Metro, the last professionally qualified engineer, his contract wasn't renewed. We mustn't be surprised then if we find that although they have water sort of 50 kilometers away in the river, they haven't thought to build a pipeline to bring that water to the city. Uh, so uh, Mahosi is right. We can desalinate at the coast. We can reuse and treat water as we already do inland, and reverse osmosis is just one of the many processes that can be used. But for all of those things, those tend to be more technically complicated. They tend to be more expensive. They need more planning. If we don't put qualified people into local government who can do that, and international government, I must say, it won't happen. But, you know, Kalani, I was just in Mozambique for a week, Mm -hmm. and I was really encouraged to learn that even in Mozambique, they are making it compulsory for municipal heads and municipal technical heads to have tertiary education. They say we've gone past the phase where we can just have political appointees. We need qualified people to run our little towns and cities. Hmm. Uh, You know, if Mozambique can do this, isn't it embarrassing that we're not doing it yet? We've talked about it for five years, and we still have situations where people are appointed to run technical services who have no technical qualifications. We, we, We mustn't complain. If we allow that to happen, it's our fault if the water goes off. It's our fault if the water treatment isn't adequate. It's our fault if if sewage runs into the rivers as is happening because we've allowed municipalities, councillors to be appointed who really can't do jobs. When there are people around who could do them, we really need to get some discipline into our local government if we want to see the kind of results uh, that we're all talking about. Here's an SMS for you again, Professor Mullah. It it comes from Trevor Nguani. You may know him. Uh, (laughs) It says, privatizing water and and the business model of Mike Mullah is disastrous. The rich waste water and the poor lose their right to water. For example, uh, the forced installation of prepaid meters in Piri Soweto and the swimming pools and jacuzzis in the northern suburbs. Do you want to respond to to this uh, uh, SMS? No, let me not re- respond to Trevangwane first. I really think that we must deal with this issue that the two gentlemen are raising. By the way, Mike Muna was uh, a DG in this department. Yeah. What well, we now chasing here... Too. I must now that. what I'm chasing here, what we are chasing are things that actually should have happened quite a while ago. And it's, it's, it's been a struggle, he knows. It is really a struggle, but it doesn't mean that there has not been plans. He has put in plans, we are putting on plans. And those plans are actually beginning to work, and they've been working. I mean, I could tell you that where we took South Africa a few years ago, now, 17 years ago, it was the other side of it. I mean, I'm saying... When we, 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 before 1994, there were quite few people in South Africa who actually had water, who were provided with water. How would you provide water without supplying infrastructure? They worked hard, as Mike Muller says, but under the leadership of Mike Muller and others, still leadership, and I want to say that this notion of no leadership, I don't actually understand it, especially when you talk about leadership at national level. We're doing our level best even from his time. What we're really saying right now is that we need stronger capacity. And that must not be understood as nothing that's happening, as it is being painted right now, as I hear it if I'm hearing right. Yeah, you are we hearing right. We need more right. capacity. We need extra capacity. And I've outlined how very hard to get to that level. Sure, sure. Uh, because what's, ha- what's happening here, uh, Minister, again, and you heard it from Mike and, and others, is that we really need people who have technical skills as opposed to people who are political appointments in these positions. You see, you, you will then say, Polani, that Edna Mulewa must be an engineer. 
that's what it actually wants to translate to. But is that what it means? Or is it, or does it mean... Or something. Yeah, uh, and I'm not, but I'm providing leadership even now as I am. And I would like to believe that it's actually better than even ever. Yeah, so but I, I don't think that's what it says, though, Minister. The will for all of us is a determination to do things. If with that, those skills. I'm not saying somebody who just doesn't know anything about anything must be appointed, but we must convert this discussion hmm. into real tangible discussion that says that even if at Namulewa you are not an engineer, how do you push this national agenda sure. of getting clean water, of getting water for everybody, of ensuring that we understand what okay. we're doing? That's Our plan. All right. 10-year investment plan does say all those things. Okay, That's we'll talk about that in a minute. But actually, yeah, it's interesting because Mervyn has sent an SMS that says, as a resident in a municipality, this discussion becomes academic. There's no rollout plan at local government level. We'll discuss those and, of course, take calls from Keynes and Midrand. There's Lawrence and Port Elizabeth, Mike and Durban, others are calling as well on 891 For now, though, let's update your news with Utsilisa. The Forum at 8 with Kolani Gwala. Uh, we're talking about water, and my guests on the program, uh, Water Affairs Minister Edna Mulewa, also Professor Mike Muller, Infrastructure Advisor at the DBSA, as well as Dr. Kevin Wall uh, of the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, the CSIR. He's in our Pretoria studios. We're taking your thoughts then uh, on what needs to happen. Let me just read you some SMSs here. Uh, one says, more dams are needed in order to avoid water wastage to the sea. And, of course, uh, we heard a little earlier on from Dr. Wall saying that before we get to the dams, there are so many low-hanging fruits that we need to to be picking here. Uh, Also, another one says, it comes from Tom. Tom says, just go and look in the squatter camps and see how many millions of liters are wasted every day. Why? Because they don't pay for water. They don't care, says Tom. Uh, Another one says, we have moved to a place where we are now completely dependent on rainwater uh, stored in tanks, and we have never run out of water. Why aren't there water tanks everywhere? That's Lee in Neisner. An SMS from East London, uh, from Seaswell in East London, says, at the magistrate's Caught in middle drift, water has been leaking for years there, and nobody is taking care of that situation. That's Israel in East London. Uh, another one says the ANC government keeps complaining about uh, aging infrastructure, but is the government the cause of the problem because they have failed to do proper maintenance? And this is probably because incompetent and corrupt cadres waste so much money, as shown by the Auditor General. That is Ivan on SMS. Yanuj uh, wanting to to know whether the minister has any qualification in line with water technology. You heard the minister before the headlines saying that she's no engineer, she's a political head of the department. Mervyn, I read this, this message from Mervyn about uh, uh, no rollout plan at local government level. Anthony in Johannesburg says, just like uh, energy thieves, we have to punish water thieves severely. They are bloody economic saboteurs. And uh, that's according to Anthony here in Johannesburg. Mariana in Port Elizabeth, is it the first time that they've uh, had a report such as this in 19 years? Big news. We have been a developed country. Uh, what happened to trained people from the past? Why only train people now that according to Mariana. Uh, Rian in Aberdeen says, this is a result of greater emphasis on affirmative action as opposed to service delivery. Uh, let me take some calls here. Let's start with Keynes and Midrand. Hello, Keynes. Good morning. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Look, we have, we do have engineers in this country. Not plentiful, but we do have. But the color of their skin is not the right one to the liking of some people. Thank you. That's Keynes in Midrand. Mike is in Durban. Hello, Mike. Uh, good morning to you. Yeah, hi. To welcome. you and everyone else from the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 40 years ago, 
I was sworn to secrecy by a firm of consulting engineers, very astute company, a big company in Durban. I was an electrical designer manufacturer, and I had to give uh, estimates of costs of equipment for a proposed pipeline from the Amzam Kulu and the Amkamas River to pump water to Durban. Mm -hmm. It never, ever went ahead. Uh, why I brought it up is because someone has suggested there's a river 50 kilometers away from Nelson Mandela Bay. These are feasible to do. Mm. Uh, another thing on water, uh, the minister was talking about experts and engineers and water engineers. But the CSIR fired one of the top water experts in the country, Dr. Anthony Teton when he raised the question of uh, the mines polluting uh, drinking water. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because... Top, and, top yeah. guys like that. And, and he was we talking about the them. possibility of a social we unrest. We fire them. Mm. All right, all right. And, uh, Mike? Another thing with water, you know the green drop and the blue drop and whatever, Durban has been getting the top honours every year for drinking water. But in the Durban City Hall, they still spend millions a year buying bottled water. Mike in Durban, thank and you. Uh, I'll get my guest to respond to you. Uh, Joe is in Cape Town. Hello, Joe. Hi, hi, Kulani and your guest. Um, I want to do, 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 do in the Eastern Cape, there is an effort being made by um, national departments to get the, the, the students off the street to be trained. Um, but I don't think that's good enough. I mean, we, we see technicons um, churning out students. They got nowhere to go. That is where um, we, 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 we will get our, 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 our trained um, ex expertise. But immediately they can be, be put into place to do these asset registers, do the, the, the data that um, one of the experts is speaking about. But that willingness, the private sector, and guiding, hmm. we'll be spending billions on on consultants, but what's been left as a legacy from them, they're there just to, to, to re-work re, um, the, the books so that they get employed again. Thanks for that. All right, that's Joy in Cape Town. Uh, Professor Muller, let me bring you in here. Um, well, well, we've just lost the minister because she's traveling in Limpopo uh, and the signal's not very good in uh, rural parts of the province. Um, but I would like you to respond as, as a former DG of the department to, to some of the claims that have been made on the lines about the availability of engineers except that they are wrong color. Is that your experience? You know, I, I, I think one of the things that we did at the at, uh, Department of Water Affairs and uh, the minister uh, says that she's continuing this policy is actually not to allow qualified engineers to leave. And certainly I rejected far more applications for uh, resignation than, than I accepted um, on the basis that we needed people to stay in, inside government because we needed those skills. And there's been no problem. There's a lot of my former colleagues who are reaching retirement age and about to leave who have stayed in for the 20 the 17 years since, oh, more than that now, uh, the 18 years since 1994. But I think, Kolani, we, we, we're missing a point here. In the old days, the bad old days, but in some senses they had some things going for them. In the, the old days, local government and 
national government were the nurseries, the, the, the hothouses for growing the, the new generation of technical people, where you kept your old guard to uh, uh, train and mentor, and you brought in new people who were given the opportunity to go out and do little jobs and learn about the trade. I'm afraid that seems to have broken down. I don't think there are enough senior people even in the national department anymore, but certainly at local government level there are no senior people. So you can appoint junior engineers, but they've got no one to train and guide them. And, not, you know, for that reason they get frustrated. Sometimes they make mistakes, but more often they get frustrated and go somewhere else. So we've, the, the, the training machine, the, the machine that develops the, the, the new generation of, of uh, engineers and technicians isn't working very well. And the trouble is that the consultants and the contractors, really they're there to, to do business. They're there to get, get as much money as quickly as possible. They've got very little incentive to train youngsters who might take two, three, years before they really become productive. So I, I think that we need always to look back and see uh, what kind of uh, uh, system we have for training, and uh, we need to strengthen that because we, we need to be looking 10 and 20 years ahead. And, and looking at that level, I am worried about the number of uh, graduates who are kicking around and are not getting the right training and the right opportunity to develop their skills. That is definitely building up a problem for the future for us. All right, the mentoring program, uh, perhaps not, not, not efficient there. Uh, Dr. Wall, your thoughts on these issues before I go to the minister? Yeah, there's, um, I don't want to respond to the one about Dr. Turton. I mean, that's, uh, it's not the full story of what the caller said, but just leave it at that. Yeah, the, the one about bottled water, I mean, it also is a particular paranoia of mine to go to uh, municipality where the water is absolutely fine. I, I frequently raise it if I get the opportunity from the platform. Mm. Um, Mike's absolutely right. The public sector was the hothouse of the training there was a whole system when I think I worked for the public sector as well at one point and the fantastic mentors that I had there and there was a whole system where they didn't have to they did work but they got you to do work with them and that is how you learned I mean some of the incredible guys that I worked with so I mean we need to get the, the, the critical mass back again in public sector to do that and if necessary draft people in on longer term contracts to get that system because that's the way to have things grow but this is all kind of longer term stuff um, this report if I can just get back for a moment to this sure, report that, yeah. it's an excellent report by this firm which wrote this report it's very thorough the figures are credible the proposals are excellent in terms of what needs to be done to address the problem on the title which is about the water leaks there's a whole list of things to be done great things not just fixing leaks because otherwise you get into a kind of a band-aid situation as a piece of pipe which repeatedly breaks and you just band-aid elastoplast sticking plaster the whole time you know actually replace sections of pipe to look at the valves in the whole system and it qualified people to look at an area replacing servicing valves and household plumbing um, on the household side of, of, the, of the property there's a lot of leakage taking place and a couple of callers have highlighted the fact and it's in the report as well that uh, a lot of consumers are they're either not bills or they're not called upon to pay their bills. So there's no incentive to fix if my um, water, uh, the flushing system is running 24 hours a day and leaking away there's no incentive to fix that but if municipalities could go in, and quite a few of them are doing this, I know, they're actually going in at the ratepayers' cost of fixing the household leaks because at the end of the day, the ratepayers are paying for that water which is not being used. There's a lot of, there's so much of that stuff. One of uh, Mervyn, I think it was, who said, this discussion is academic, there's no plan in this municipality. Well, I, you know, I can't 
speak about any particular municipality, but municipalities need to grasp this and realize that there's so much which they can do in this line. Uh, metering, I mentioned about the night flows being high. Put in the meters, find out where the problem is. Mm. This report is quite clear. Sure. Find out exactly where the problem is and deal with that problem. For example, there's no f- good fixing leaks if most of it is the commercial losses through people not paying. Those things can be, must be done by municipalities. Yeah, let me pick up on the commercial element because there's also an SMS from Joe DiGiosa, minister, uh, who says the water problem will persist so long as the minister ignores the platinum and the RB plot to freely pollute our waters without punishment. So the mining sector, but also the agricultural sector, in terms of this report, what are their responsibilities here, Minister? So let me start by saying agreeing, first, Mr. Professor, uh, and, and uh, the, 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 the two gentlemen there, mm-hmm. that that report, firstly, is actually saying what the last speaker said right now uh, about what needs to happen. By the way, let me add and say, we need a lot of money to seek those lifts, not just a lift in the households, but in the pipes that are industries out there to get the water back into the system. And we currently have 2.3 billion rand over the next three years. Coming back to the issue about the mining, Kolani, uh, mm-hmm. we actually are on record saying that this thing of getting a compliance, pre-compliance notices given to those in the mining sector. By the way, let me say it's not everybody. There are mining houses that are actually behaving very well and using water within the license and quantum that they've actually been licensed to use, and actually been re- reusing and cleaning that water. Some of them are even in the areas of Mpumalanga where we think that there is AMD. They are doing well. And we need to get, to get all of them following. We, this thing of getting three directives, directives given, and then, you know, a whole long process of getting people to comply is indeed for us a very uh, in, uh, problematic situation because in the process, there's no way that you can say stop this operation. We do stop, by the way, through the, 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 our blue scorpions that are there. But they still have to give, go through these processes. It's an administrative justice in the country. So we need faster mechanisms to actually get those who are polluting to hold on at that point in time. But at the same time as we do that, not strangle our economy. By the way, remember, we are listening and dealing with this problem from both ends, that you don't need to find workers displaced and not having jobs to do. So the compliance must be done and adherence to the law must actually be done. So I'm saying there are processes that are in place right now. They are, for us, quite slow. We are improving on them, and this is why we're reviewing the law and the regulations Mm. that will come out to actually deal with this matter, increasing the capacity of our blue scorpions as well, where such pollution is happening. It's not just the mining, by the way, also sewer. From some of our municipalities, agricultural sector, pesticides, insecticides, all those are actually contributing to pollution of our waters, and polluted water is a problem. Okay. I agree that uh, the, the issue that uh, Trevor is raising is saying that it's academic. It's not academic. If you really have water wasted in communities, it doesn't matter how many or how much water people have. You know, you know, let me not say it doesn't matter. Other people may have water in pools, but I'm, I'll, I'll in a minute talk about how we're dealing with that problem. The reality is that these issues are day, bread and butter issues, small matters that can actually, and that's why I agree that it's actually low-hanging fruit, small matters that need to be fixed that can help us to actually realize good results and desired results. Okay. But well. it's not a, a chicken feed, it's not small things. Allocation of water and reallocation. What Trevor is talking about is about reallocation of water. Yes, indeed, we have identified that as a challenge because 
there is a, in terms of our current allocation of water to sectors of the society, they are very unskewed. And this is the reason why we are having a relook at the reallocation. Agriculture, for instance, rightfully so, in the past was allocated uh, quite a number, like over 50% of water allocated to agriculture alone. We now have a growth part, we have IPAD, we have society growing. Some of the municipalities look at me in the eyes and say, Minister, we are allocated 3,000 megalitres, uh, I mean, uh, cubic metres, metres in, in, in this year, in this year. And then agriculture has got 19,000 or so. We want to build houses there. We want to, or we have an application for development in this area. We're unable to give them a go ahead because we don't have water. Skewed allocation. We are attending to those things. We need to say what's a hierarchy of the allocation of water so that the whole society actually has water. And this has to do with how water was actually reallocated. I mean, the, Mike spoke about the, the previous, uh, uh, I mean, the fact that we don't quite know where, who's using how much water. Again, there's a process that was needed, needed to be done. That's called the validation and verification post, the water rights that were held pre-1994 by other people. When we converted them to water entitlement, we needed to do verification and validation of the users so that we know these users, how much water have they, be, have they been using, how much entitlement do they have, so that we, even when we reallocate, we know exactly who can actually release. We're not saying people must release and free up water that they need, but at least with the study that we have done right now, some studies that indicate, for instance, in the agricultural sector, that we should actually be using for particular crops so many uh, megaliters or so many liters, such an, this amount of water per hectare, per whatever, so that at least if a person uses that water, we know that whatever he or she can actually get as extra is augmenting on the program that they are doing, okay. increasing food security of the country. Otherwise, that water needs to be freed up to another uh, 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 landowner or another household, and, and you know, so that we use this water as South Africans. It's a question of allocation and okay. reallocation. All right. it's, a, it's a good that we have to hold by its own. All right. Uh, we'll take some calls then on 0891 Let me read some more uh, SMSs. Yes, P.O. in KZN says, Water is taken for granted by everyone. My friend's place has been having a leaking tap since 2011. No one fixes it. They lose about 200 liters a day. That's from Spio in KZN. Another one says that it comes from O in Durban, who says, Minister speaks, uh, oh, Minister, uh, please speak to the Department of Human Settlements so that they stop using uh, portable water to flush toilets. There is no, uh, there is a water shortage here, so they can't use water to uh, flush toilets. Uh, also, I wrote the Boat Trackers Guide. Uh, in it, there are several dams in the Eastern Cape that are not used. The minister is wrong. In in 1999, I, s- I sat in the final meeting of water engineers in Port Elizabeth who were retired through intimidation by the Eastern Cape administration. The ANC administration caused this problem through the policy of getting rid of white people. Headless chickens are worse than no chickens. TJ New Citizens um, sent that SMS through. Another one, there are technologies to generate hydropower using sea currents at the bottom of the sea. Uh, one such project was approved uh, in Durban, surely what you need is integrated infrastructure development where things like desalination, uh, alternative power are all planned. Ty from Johannesburg. Um, 
In Malange and in Dwed, where we drink unpurified water from the river with cows, goats and pigs. Uh, diarrhea is the order of the day. Uh, can Minister please intervene? Uh, it's the same as electricity. Guamashu hostel dwellers don't pay for electricity, uh, but they use massive electricity. Durban Metro is unable to control who pays us. Uh, that's an SMS from Durban. Let me take a call now. Uh, start with Ivo in Durban. Hello, Ivo. Ivo, good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. You know, I I just feel that you know the it's the engineering departments, the service departments that 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 service our pipelines. You know, if you have a leak, um, these guys just come should come out and you report the leak and they come and fix the leak. But you know, it took me three months to have a leak fixed in a pipe between Anstey's Beach and Brighton Beach. It ran continuously, and then. A plumber would come out that's in the department and say, no, it's not his section. I, I just feel that this is where the lack is. This is where the, the, the problem is that it's not actually the minister that's, 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 that's what she's saying. It's the actual departments, the people that should be, take responsibility hmm. All for right. fixing these leaks. Sure. Because, you know, I get a key feedbacks in, like in Komashu. The big, huge tanks, overhead tanks, run dry because... The parcel damaged, and nobody goes out and fixes them. All right, Ivan Durban, thank you. Now, this email from Sigin Randberg, who says, I'm concerned that many of our ANC-corrupted municipalities have long, uh, have long seemed incapable of providing indispensable water to the nation. Even what was once known as the Rand Water Board is probably threatened, never mind the downstream Val and Orange River irrigation schemes. I just wanted to ask the minister what she thought when she saw the past week's TV screening of vast tracts of countryside denuded of vegetation and ripped up with open cast mining from horizon to horizon uh, which clearly can never be rehabilitated or rewatered. Our national heritage of Mapungubo is going down the same mining drain to enrich crooked comrades. That's Sig in Randburg. Let me take Mrs. Governor in Durban. Hi, Mrs. Mrs. Governor. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. Your thoughts, Good morning, please. I have an idea. I hope it works. Yeah. Uh, you see, I was brought up in a time when there's no fridges, no electric shows. That's coasters, and I went to government school in Pine Town, outskirts of Durban. And we had, uh, in a government school, where we had two chefs, two cooks to cook our meals. But uh, it was a mixed school with uh, boys' toilet and girls' toilet separate. Spotlessly clean by three caretakers. And where did they get water from? No yeah. one delivered water. But they, they used tanks, you know, tanks, in the olden times. And tanks to the school so from the roof. And every house we had a home, we had two tanks attached to our home. And I don't know why they don't think of that now. All right, tanks. There's no need for to bring water from the taps and things like that. We have no, but we had plenty of clean, fresh water to drink. Thank you, Kalani. Okay, okay. Mrs. Governor, thank you very much. I'm going to ask uh, my guest to wrap up then. Um, perhaps let me start with you, Dr. Wall. Your thoughts then in wrapping up, what should we be doing as a country? Oh, very, very quickly, I mean, rainwater harvesting, which the lady has just mentioned, yeah. is something which is very important to many parts of this country. The, the, I've been to so many installations, the tanks are there, the gutters are there, but they, the tanks are foul, the gutters are not broken, again it gets back to maintenance. Maintenance, maintenance has to be the thing. Municipalities, this is where the, the action really has to be from, for the most part. Um, I was very um, heartened the other day by, by being told that one of the big metros is putting down 2.6 billion rand to fix the problems referred to in this report over the next 10 years. It's a lot of money, but at least it shows commitment on the part of that municipality. Please let's not forget that every leak we fixed 
uh, every time we fix a leak, if we accumulate enough of those things, eventually we, we don't have to build the next dam. That's fantastic. Next water treatment works or whatever it is. And then finally, just to acknowledge that uh, in terms of world uh, norms, uh, we must still be grateful for the fact that uh, most parts of the country you can drink water from the tap. That's not the case throughout the world, certainly mm-hmm. not. And we tend to have a 24 pressure pressurized supply as well, which is certainly not the case in a large chunk of the world. Right. We must be grateful for what we have. Municipalities where it's got to happen though. All right, Professor Muller? You know, I'm an optimist. I think the glass is half full. Uh, we do need discipline <laughs> at the municipal nice. level. Well uh, we, we shouldn't be giving money to municipalities that don't take action to fix their, their leaking systems. We shouldn't be allowing them to take more water from rivers while they haven't worked out uh, what they're using it for at the moment. And we should support initiatives like that of SALGA, the local government organization, which took a resolution, a very important resolution. They said, we recognize that if we can reduce water leaks, we'll actually save money for ourselves. We're going to set up a revolving fund so that we can pay to fix the leaks, and with the savings that we get, we'll pay for another municipality to fix the leaks. That kind of initiative is fantastic. We need to support it, but this must become a national campaign with the SALGAs and the national departments and citizens' groups and technical uh, groups coming in to work together. Right. If we do that, we don't face a crisis. If we don't, we're in trouble. All right, Minister Mulewa. Yeah, I, let me start where Mike ended. A big if. If we don't act as South Africans, and I'm saying act in different ways, act in stopping the leaks, act in becoming active, even as we report leaks, like somebody from KZM said, as mm-hmm. we report leaks, they are not fixed. I escalate the problem so that we deal with that because other levels of government would actually ensure that we come to those municipalities that are not uh, reacting. We don't need to uh, pollute our waters. If we do that, there will be water for South Africa. Let everybody else become part of this uh, national campaign. We don't have water. We are a water-scarce country. And if and a big if, if we don't act, we will be in trouble. Yeah. Let the people read this report that has been released because, indeed, it says a lot, a lot to us. But let's also look up towards our national water resource strategy that's coming. It's really attempt to deal, attempting to deal with all these issues that have been raised, and I think South Africans have had, have had an opportunity to make an input. But we are really going to be implementing that in a big way, that uh, national water resource strategy. Okay. It really deals with uh, issues of harvesting, issues of desalination, all those, how we react to climate change, how we deal with the pollution and polluted water and so okay. on. It's our second a version of the National Water Strategy. I've really got to thank you very much, Minister Minister, Minister Mulewa. Thank you for your time. Edna Mulewa is the Minister of Water Affairs, and Mike Mola is the professor uh, who is an infrastructure advisor at DBSA, and Dr. Kevin Wall uh, is with the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. I thank you all for coming through and talking to us this morning. I thank you for your input as well, SMSs, uh, calls and emails. Thank you very much for listening to the program, and would like to thank the team who put it all together for us and wish you a fantastic weekend. We'll be back on Monday for you here on SAFM. It's time, on, time now for the news with Utsile Sago. Cheers from all of